This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. This is my fourth meeting today. What? So uh, I've been looking at two dimensional people all day. And my brain is about to explode. Who knows what's going to come out of my face for this part. That's the best. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) No filter. Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear God. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jenna. What's the cheese miss? This is What's the Chismes, a show about Pilipinx identity in Edmonton. So I'm Ryan Lacanala, and the chismis I want to get off my chest today, well, it kind of started with singing in the shower. See, the other day I was singing in the shower. And I thought of all the talented Filipinos out there, much more talented than me. If you find a random Filipino on the street, there's a good chance that they can sing better than the average person, dance, perform, play instruments. So you would expect to see a lot of Filipinos in the professional arts community, but that's not really the case. I mean, we Filipinos, we love the arts. We just tend not to do it for a living. To help me understand why this is, I needed to talk to a Filipino with a career in the arts. So I gave Gina Puntil a call. Gina is the artistic director and program coordinator at the Alberta Workers Health Center's Workplace School Program, where they take professionally sculpted plays into junior highs and high schools to empower young workers through education and knowledge of their rights. She's a Pinay boss, a badass Filipina decision maker in the professional arts community. I wanted to collect her story because she's the perfect person to spill the tea on why we don't see more Filipinos in the arts. I'm going to skip the intros and plop us right into the juicy conversation. If I can ask a question that let's like rewind a lot and go back to the start, like when you were a kid, so Mm -hmm. I'm talking like pre-high school, uh, Uh what did you want to be when you when you grew up? When I was a kid, um, through the influences of my parents, uh, I wanted to be, here's a shocker, everyone. I wanted to be a nurse or a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer. What was the turning point that shifted you to say, like, actually, I want (laughs) to be an artist? Uh, It was... Uh, not uh, it was what I was good at so uh, being exposed to worlds through literature um, and then uh, realizing that these are written and created by human beings that maybe I could do that in some way Uh, that was in junior high I'm gonna say I started writing I have journals from grade five until oh 
last week. So, I mean, I've got, uh, uh, I have so many, so many journals. Um, so writing and uh, creating worlds and stories is something that I've always done. Um, as I got older, of course, the journaling has become more about my life rather than having to create a world that I was living in. I was living in this world, um, which now when I'm saying it out loud is a little sad. <laughs> what was it like to tell your parents that this is a path you want to take? How did they react? <clears throat> so uh, I don't think there was ever a real conversation of me sitting down with my parents to say, guess what, mom and dad, I'm going into theater. It was just something that I did and something that they let happen. Now, I feel like I need to preface everything that I'm going to say with, I have uh, my relationship with my parents. I love them. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that they love me, but we don't talk about anything. Um, we, we talk about how our days have gone. Uh, we talk about... Uh, we don't talk about feelings, and that's okay because they. I believe I know when something is wrong, and I believe they know when something is wrong. Uh, and we will reach out to each other if we need to. Okay, all that saying, uh, <laughs> so when I went into theater, I just did it. And I know that it wasn't something that my parents... Uh, we're entirely excited about. Let's be real. They were probably disappointed. I could. They were disappointed in the fact that I wasn't pursuing um, a career that they would see as lucrative, that they would see as uh, a viable profession. Theater. Who does that? That's that's playtime. That's 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 nothing solid. The, the life of an artist. Um, so <laughs> even though there wasn't a conversation that happened, there were little things that, uh, that occurred that, that made me feel like, yeah, maybe this isn't something that, um, that they're quite pleased about. Uh, my parents didn't see any of my shows um, when I was in school. Uh, and then I, f uh, and then, <laughs> do I say this out loud? Yeah, this is what I'm gonna say. Uh, and then I found out that um, my mom mainly because she didn't understand my career, uh, was, was uh, telling her friends that I was a teacher. That's teacher. Gina's mom was telling her friends that Gina was a teacher. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, I think it was in, for, started off as a, I was studying to be an English teacher and then I was a teacher, and then I was a drama teacher. None of it actually happened, but it was an answer that she understood uh, that, that was easier 
to tell people um, because she didn't quite understand what I do. In fact, there are days when I don't understand what I do. Um, and it's really hard to explain to people who are not within the industry um, that I am in doing live theater, but I'm not an actor, right? So it's, um, it, <laughs> it takes a lot of explanation. You would expect because of like the artistic nature of Filipinos and they, they seem to be like, they have this talent. We have this talent. You'd expect to see a lot of professional artists, but a lot of Filipinos I know are, are nurses or doctors. My sister's mm -hmm. a speech pathologist. My cousins are respiratory therapists, physiotherapists. Those are all medical fields, right? Sure. And my, my wife's an accountant and like we... What have, but I'm, I'm looking at this from the outside. Like, what have you observed from inside the arts community? Am I just not seeing this? No. Uh, you're, there's very few of us here in Alberta. Uh, I know growing up, the hardest part about being in theater uh, uh, and in my, the skin that I'm in as a Filipino uh, was that there were no Filipinos. Um, that I could see, that I could point to, that were on stage, that um, uh, that were running theater companies, that were making artistic decisions. I couldn't find them here in this province, and that was uh, and that was a struggle because um, uh, you kind of want to you kind of want somebody to follow. You you wanted somebody to. Um, to be your mentor. Um, even to this day, you know, it's, uh, you don't see a lot of Filipinos represented. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, so I seek them out. I look for them. Uh, just, just to say, hey, I see you. <laughs> you know what, keep going. You got this. Uh, I just want you to know that you're not alone because it was incredibly lonely um, going through it and uh, and almost denying it or it being secondary to who I am or not even recognizing it as or not even acknowledging it as a part of um, what has brought me up as a professional in this world and it, and it was a huge part of it. Yeah. Was that deliberate to to sometimes have those moments of not acknowledging it, or was it yes. just something? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, am I proud of that? No. Um, it, it was. Uh, um, it was a. It was a decision to uh, not make it a priority. To uh, in order. In order to advance, I felt like I needed to uh, fit in. I needed to um, be one of the guys, right? So that not only um, be the first to laugh at my gender, but also to deny uh, my heritage, my race, right? Or, or how I identify um, in order to uh, get 
somewhere in my career. Uh, it was a choice uh, that that I held on to for a long time and that hurt. Um, and it made a, a great divide of who I let into my life uh, and who saw what. And it's like living this double, the double life, the code switching, the, um, um, the type of theater that I, I so desperately wanted to see but never did see. Uh, the choices that I made of what type of theater, what type of, uh, of stories I wanted to tell, I wanted to see, I wanted to share. Um, I felt like I couldn't make that until I was 100% honest of what type of, of, of who I was. And uh, it wasn't until I worked <laughs> with um, children's theater, uh, theater for younger audiences, where I saw uh, little faces that were like mine that made me go, holy crap, I remember that. I remember that, uh, that wide-eyed wonder of those worlds. Um, and that's where it all started for me. And TYA, Theatre for Young Audiences, were the, were the, uh, were the local theatre companies that were hiring um, diverse people. Um, and so that's where I stuck. And that's the type of theater that I've, that I've decided I wanted to do. Theatre for Young Audiences focuses on the ages of 12 to 17 because at the age of 13 you can be legally working in Alberta and their focus is to empower young workers with their rights in the workplace. I heard in there you, you talked about you, weren't, you had to reach a certain point in terms of your identity to, to get there. Was, was that a separate project in your life, to your identity, or was that tied up in your theater work? Or how, how can you just uh, tell me a bit about that, that identity journey? The identity journey. Um, I think it was there. Like I had, I mean, it was no secret. I owned a mirror. I knew what I looked like and who I was. Uh, it was making it a priority was the, was the um, uh, was the the switch that happened, um, and that happened when I realized that my story matters, that uh, my experiences, my what I value, uh, my my life journey. Uh, is a story that people want to hear 
and there's and I'm not alone. So and here's another thing: being in theater, it was a very homogenous industry, uh, particularly in this province. Um, so when I finally got an opportunity to work with uh, people who look like me, they were not necessarily Filipinos, but they they were not. Um, uh, they were not the the bulk of people that I've been working with, uh, and to hear their stories and th that were very similar to mine, uh, I just thought, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, people do want to hear this. Oh, there is value in what and who I am and and who I truly am and who I, and not what I think I need to be in order to be hired for the next gig, in order to, um, to advance in my career. Yeah, uh, and to this day, I am still working with that person that um, made me, that, that made me realize that um, I have value. Hmm. Wow. Okay. There's a realization for you. Do you hmm. want to expand on on that 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 person that you're working with? Um. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Jared Matsunaga Turnbull. Who? Uh, okay, so uh, Jared Matsunaga Turnbull was one of the um, artistic co-directors of Concrete Theater, uh, and Jared was a director that uh, had a style that I that I admired, uh, saw value uh, in the people in the room in the that he hired, uh, he intentionally took time to, uh, to acknowledge that the lives that walk into the room are, are, are deep and complicated and rich with experience. And that uh, is something that was honored in the work that that was put together, uh, uh, and it wasn't just for the actors because I was a stage manager in the room, and it was the very first time that I could be uh, not a hundred percent, but eighty percent, and my eighty percent is pretty freaking good, but eighty percent. <laughs> honest of exactly who I am and who I uh, put out there, who I wish I could put out there uh, as a professional theater artist. That was the very first time. And it was not only accepted, it was celebrated. It was, um, uh, it was there, there was value to it. Uh, for the first time, there was value to that. Um, and it was safe to do it. 
there was no turning back from that point. Was every gig after that uh, exactly like that? No, N not, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, now, uh, my goal is to be able to create rehearsal spaces of that same value. That is safe and brave and creative and, and rich with different paths, uh, of different life paths from actors um, of uh, different life experiences. Yeah. So Jared kind of, it's all his fault. So let's blame my parents and let's blame Jared. <laughs> During her time at the Alberta Workers' Health Centre, Gina has developed the following plays. Working It Out by Beth Graham, That's Danger by Dave Clark, and Safe and Fair Seen at Work by Jane Heather. They adapted to the actors playing the roles and the languages that they speak. For example, Michelle Diaz, a local Filipino actor that I talked to in the first episode of What's the Chismis, speaks Tagalog. She acted in those shows, and they worked to incorporate Tagalog into her lines. Not just to switch words, but to genuinely develop a character with the actor that they can honestly portray. That includes accents, gestures, how they walk, what they wear. Another example is Andres Moreno, who has worked on two of the three shows, bringing his life experience as being a person from Colombia who speaks Spanish. I will admit and I will own the fact that I have been very fortunate to be able to make this my career, uh, that I have been able to uh, create, um, to be in a position, an artistic decision-making position where uh, I do have control over how that rehearsal hall is set up, how the space, uh, how we want to work with each other in this space, um, uh, the type of uh, stories that we want to put out there, whose voices are being heard, who has access to these stories, um, and who, uh, to, I don't know how to say this, but to put it bluntly, who's on that stage? Uh, to be to see those young faces recognize someone like them on that stage is something that I wanted, something that um, was very rare and I don't believe had happened when I was their age, when I was in high school, right? You, uh, um, I can't even think of uh, an artist right now, but uh, when you're a teenager, when a, the teenagers that um, uh, that recognize different languages that we've added into the play, and their their body shifts into just perking up and just whispering to their friends and recognizing uh, they said something in Tagalog, they said something in Spanish, 
hey, that was Cree. You know, just little things that that make it's a little shout out from us uh, in the production side to go, hey, we see you. Uh, um, we're you know you're not alone. Um, yeah. I've experienced that from the audience perspective because I've gone to a show uh, to watch uh, my my sister-in-law Michelle and and there there are shows where she does she's saying Tagalog in one show and she had a Tagalog line in another and when that happens I do feel something and I I feel proud and I feel like I'm I'm in on this and like yeah 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 it's There's it's value such to a, it. it's so such a profound um, effect on on the people in the audience. And it's so small, right? It's such a small gesture. Um, it's some, like, and for those who don't speak the language, it doesn't affect how they're receiving the story at all. Um, yeah, it's so important. It's so important to me. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I know Michelle, uh, speaks of you as as a mentor, and and I know that you've enabled spaces for people who don't who who look like us to to see that that's a thing, <laughs> and uh, so yeah. I I do feel like you've uh, you've created and and become what what you needed. It was missing when you were a kid, but you've you've created that and and become that. So that to me that's. That's poetic. That's that's full circle. And yeah. Now I'm crying. <laughs> um uh thank you. Um Yeah, you know, you isn't that the goal though to become the person that you most needed? Absolutely. Well, so uh hear you say that I appreciate it so much thank you um my job's not done yet there's <laughs> plenty more to do great now I'm crying a lot all right I found three key takeaways from Gina's story so here's the tea on why we don't see more Filipinos in the arts takeaway number one there's pressure from parents to pursue careers that are considered lucrative, viable professions. Takeaway number two, you rarely see Filipinos on stage or running theater companies here in Alberta. So as a Filipino, it can be hard to see yourself in that position. Takeaway number three, us Filipino Canadians have an identity struggle. And if we're not solid in our Filipino identity, we can feel pressure to suppress it, not acknowledge it or laugh at it to advance in our careers. So that's the tea on why we don't see more Filipinos in the arts community. The good news is that people like Gina are busting the barriers, providing young Filipinos with the mentors and role models that they wish they had when they were younger. I'll leave you with Gina's parting words. To all the Filipinos out there who have desire to become an artist, um, and feel like there's not a lot, they, they, and feel like they can't because it's not a stable career, because it's, you know what? 
I'm not saying it was stable the entire time, but it was uh, it was a challenge. And if you're up for that challenge, there are people out there who are like you that would be more than happy to have a discussion with you about this and about their uh, about their journeys. Don't give up. Um, really push for representation, everyone. Push for representation. I don't care if you, where you are in your career or what you do. Filipinos, come on now. Um, uh, we are of, we've, we are valued. We have, a, we are a commodity, um, and we have experience, and we deserve to be decision makers. Uh, so push, push, push. Um, and when you get there. Bring as many as your friends along as you can. <laughs> um, make uh, don't hide your heritage. Like make it a priority. Make it a part of you. Make it as obvious as the color of your skin. Make it as obvious as. Um, the accent that you speak with um, uh, and claim your last name claim the pronunciation of your last name I don't know I, I, just, I can go on and on about this I also want you to stay hydrated and drink your water um, and in this time wash your hands <laughs> all the time <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Just <laughs> thanks so much. Oh my oh. god, that that went like. Can I give you a virtual hug? <laughs> oh my god, how much do I miss intentional hugs? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, I am a mess. So the next time you find yourself singing in the shower, wondering if you could do it for a living, remember Gina's words. There are people out there who are like you. Don't give up and don't hide your heritage. What's the Chismis is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Ryan Lacanalao. Thanks to Gina Puntil for speaking with us. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthechismis.transistor.fm. Follow us on Instagram at whatsthechismis and on Facebook at whatsthechismiscjsr. That's what's the T-S-I-S-M-I-S. You can also email us at chismis at cjsr.com. Salamat!